church. Good morning and welcome to Riverside and Merry Christmas. I'm so glad all of you are here. I know it. Can you believe Christmas is only two weeks away? It's unbelievable. I feel like time is on fast forward right now. Maybe you feel the same way. It's getting here really, really quickly. And as we approach Christmas, I know a lot of you have been asking, what's happening here at Riverside on Christmas. And I wanted to take just a quick moment to tell you about that because we're really excited about our plans for Christmas. I know Christmas, Christmas this year, if you didn't realize this yet, Christmas Day falls on Sunday. For many of you, you'll be traveling. For many of you, you'll have people in town, friends, family, kids, grandkids in town to visit. And Christmas Day, we understand it's an incredibly special day. So I'm really excited about our plans for Christmas. What we want to do is Christmas Eve have a really special and meaningful time of worship together. That'll be Saturday night, December. 24th here in this room in person from 5 to 6 p.m. And I think it's going to be a really, really incredible time. I want to invite everyone to, to come. If you've got family in town, this will be an incredible moment to come and be together and to worship Jesus together on this, this really special night. That night is going to be special for a lot of reasons. We're going to have uh, what we're calling a blended time of worship. So half the songs will be a cappella like we've sung this morning. The other half we'll have with uh, our band. And that I think will be an incredible way to, to, to blend the, and honor the two kinds of worship present in our church family here at Riverside. And I don't know about you, but Christmas songs kind of lend themselves to, to that kind of thing. I think it'll be a really meaningful night. We'll have communion together. I'll have a, a special Christmas message for you that I'm excited to share with you. And then at the very end, we'll have our candles and we'll light those candles. We'll raise those candles and we'll remember Jesus, the light of the world who came and who was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. And I cannot wait. I think it's going to be an incredible time. We're going to record, record that time of worship, and that will be posted Sunday morning. So Sunday will be online only. But Saturday night, I hope you'll come and join us for what I believe will be an incredibly meaningful time of worship for our church family here at Riverside. Really, really excited about that. As Christmas gets closer and closer, my guess is for a lot of us, it feels like these days are getting crazier and crazier because... Because there's still presents to be bought, presents to be wrapped. There's still presents to be put under the tree. We're either making plans to, to travel and get everything ready to go see everybody, or we're going to have everybody at our house, which means you got to cook, you got to clean, you got to get all the preparations, you know, ready. And it's just, it's just a busy, busy time. And we sing these songs like joy to the world and peace on earth. And you begin to wonder, you begin to wonder about those songs, right? Joy, maybe you know, there is something really special about seeing people you love open those gifts you've prepared for them. But peace, not so sure about that word peace, because this may be the craziest and most chaotic time of the year. But what if I told you that peace is possible? Peace is not passive. It is not easy, but it is possible. It is possible. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that scene. I've shared this before, but if, you, if, if this is your first Christmas with us, I'll go ahead and make this confession. I make every year at Christmas. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation. Growing up, we watched the, the TV version, so it was on VHS. You remember those things? And I didn't know about some of the parts of the movie I now know about. But, you know, it's an incredible movie. It's hilarious. And there's this one moment, Clark Griswold, he's invited the whole family to come to his house for Christmas. And all the chaos just comes with that, right? 
right? The, the family's all there. There's chirping. There's complaining. There's all the nagging. There's all of that. You can just feel the tension and the stress rising in the house. His wife, Ellen, is in the kitchen with her daughter, Audrey, and they're, they're getting, you know, dinner ready. And, and, and it's just elevating, you know, at one after another, the complaints, the, 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 everything's just coming at him nonstop. And now Audrey joins in and she's upset and she's complaining about all that's happening as everybody's just filling their house. And finally, Ellen looks at her daughter and she says, well, I don't know what to tell you, except it's Christmas and we're all in misery, right? <laughs> We've all been there, right? We've all been there. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But at the same time, there's just all this chaos and stress that's rising. But what if I told you peace is possible? Maybe, maybe what we need this Christmas is a little bit of peace. Maybe what we need this Christmas is a little bit of peace. And what if peace is possible? It's not easy. It's not passive. But I do believe it's possible. A few weeks ago, I had to take my, my truck in for an oil change. This isn't a Christmas story, but hang with me. I think you'll see the point. Um, took my, my truck in for an oil change. And while I had it there at the mechanic, I said, I've got this other issue going on. Could you check it out? There's like this, this sound, like this sloshing sound on the dash. I don't know what this is. I'm not a mechanic. I don't work on cars. I don't know anything about it. But I got it here. Would you look into it? You know, why you got it? They're like, sure, sure, sure. A few hours go by. They call me. And you know how this goes. They call me. Well, Mr. Trevathan, we think we've got it figured out. Uh, it's going to cost, you know, a little over $1,000 to fix this. And I'm like, oh, boy. You know, not what I was planning on doing today. But I don't, you know, we're not going to buy a new car right now. I need this thing to go a little bit, a little bit longer. So I'm like, go ahead and fix it. Long story short, uh, old change was great, but they didn't fix the other problem. Took it back three times, problem still not fixed. I'm frustrated, I'm aggravated, but what are you going to do, right? A few weeks go by, fast forward now, it's uh, temperatures drop, it's getting cold outside. One morning I drop off my girls for school, and then as soon as I do, my heater stops working. Oh man, last thing I want to do, right, is go back to the mechanic and have this looked into. So I did what anybody would do. I turned to all of my friends on the internet. I looked on Google, on YouTube, and started searching up like what could be the problem. Turns out uh, the, the, the most typical solution for this issue is I'm probably low on coolant. There's an AutoZone I pull into. $20 later, I got a bottle of coolant, I pour it in. Guess what, five minutes later, my heater's working. And you know what else? That problem I paid over $1,000 is fixed too. <laughs> What's the moral of the story? Here you go. Sometimes the problems that we face in life, we look for all kinds of explanations and solutions to find a way to fix them and solve them, to make it better, maybe even make it go away. And you know what? We'll spend all kinds of time and we'll even spend all kinds of money to make it better or to make it go away. But sometimes... Sometimes it might be good to just pause. And before you do anything else, just check under the hood and check the fluids. Sometimes it might be good to check under the hood of your heart. You ever had that check engine light come on for your soul? And listen, I know the problems that we have in this life, they are real, they are hard, they are heavy. And I don't want in any way to make light of what you may be dealing with today. But, but I do want to suggest that if there's any disquiet in your soul, if you are lacking inner peace, maybe 
that's an indication to check under the hood of your heart and ask the question that may be underneath every other question. Here's the question. Are you at peace? Are you at peace? Do you have peace within you? Some 2,000 years ago when Jesus made his entrance into the world, when he was born in that manger in Bethlehem, do you remember the song the angels sang in the shepherd's field nearby? Glory to God in the highest and what? Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Jesus came to make peace. Jesus came to bring peace to the earth. And a lot of times when we talk about this word peace, and we've talked about this word peace here a lot at Riverside, but we think about this. We think about peace. We think about the absence of conflict. We think about a ceasefire. We just want a little peace. This year we've been praying for peace, praying for peace in places like Ukraine. And what we're praying for is for a ceasefire. What we're praying for is an end to conflict. And that is good and that is right. And we should absolutely be praying for that. But the biblical idea of peace, it's so much bigger than that. The word, the Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom. And it means universal flourishing, wholeness. It's the way things were always supposed to. To be. It's making things right, setting things right, making things new, making things well. Do you have that kind of peace within you? You experience that kind of peace in your life around you? How, how does God bring this kind of peace on earth? Glory to God in the highest peace on earth. How does that happen? Shortly after the, the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, churches started forming, right? Popping up all over the place. First in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, Galilee. All throughout Greece, now in modern-day Turkey, there just churches are being started and planted. And most, many of those churches were, were either planted, started by, or heavily influenced by a man named Paul, the Apostle Paul. One of those churches was, was a church in the ancient city of, of Colossae. And I want to share with you something he once wrote to them. If you have your Bibles or the YouVersion Bible app, I'd love for you to open up and join me. Uh, we'll start in Colossians chapter 1. Listen to what Paul says to this church. And this is, this is good. This is, you could spend the rest of your life thinking about these words, but we're going to just meditate for a moment on what he writes in verses 19 and 20. Paul says this, For God in all of his fullness... All of the fullness of God was pleased to live in Christ. Think about this. All the fullness of God, as vast and wide, as high and deep, as long, as enormous as that is, the fullness of Christ was pleased to live within the person, the humanity, the one we know is Jesus, the Christ, Messiah. And through him, God reconciled, made right everything to himself. He made peace. There's that word. He made peace with everything in heaven, in heaven and on earth. How did he do it? By means of the blood of Christ on the cross of Christ. According to Paul, peace is possible. It's not passive. It's not easy. But peace is possible. And how did God make peace? Here's how he did it. How did God make things the way they were always supposed to be? Here's how he did it. How does God set all things right and make all things new? He made peace. Peace isn't passive, it's active. He made peace 
with everything in heaven and on earth. How did he do it? By means of the blood of Christ on the cross. Christ came. He lived. And then he laid down his life as a sacrifice for you and for me. Sacrificial love paved the way to peace. Then he was resurrected, raised to new life. Now he ascends and he is seated at the right hand of God, currently interceding for you and for me. Why? Because this is who Jesus is. Jesus is a peacemaker. How did he make peace? He made peace by his blood shed on the cross for you and for me. Peace is not passive. And the way of the cross was not easy. But peace is possible because of the blood of the Lamb of God that was shed on the cross for you and for me, so that you might receive the forgiveness of sin. Now think about that. What's the problem? What's the problem when it comes to peace? The problem is sin. Sin wants to separate. Sin wants to divide. Sin wants us to put us at war and in conflict with one another. Sin is the problem. Sin is the enemy of peace. So what does Jesus do on the cross? How does Jesus make peace? How does he reconcile everything on heaven and earth? How does he bring about universal flourishing and wholeness and wellness and oneness? How does God, through Jesus, bring about unity? How how does he make things the way things were always supposed to be? He does it by the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. This is how Jesus is our peacemaker. Where forgiveness is, think about this, where forgiveness is, peace is possible. Where forgiveness is, there can be universal flourishing. Where peace is, where forgiveness is, there can be wellness. There can be a reuniting. There can be reconciliation. Where there is grace, things can be set right, made new. They can once again be the way they are always supposed to be. Where there is forgiveness, where there is grace, where there is mercy, then there can be what? Shalom. Peace. That's why when you turn the page to Colossians 3, Just a few verses later, Paul says this, and I love this, Colossians 3, verses 14 and 15. He says, above all else. Like if you don't hear anything else, I'm saying I want you to hear this. Above all else, clothe yourselves with what? With love, which what what does love do? What does the love of Christ do? It binds us all together. It reunites us. It makes us one again. Binds us all together in perfect Harmony, harmony, not unison, harmony. We all come together with different voices, blended together, but we are reunited as one in a beautiful harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ, let the peace that comes from Christ rule within your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to this. This is our high and holy calling as a church of Jesus Christ. As members of the body of Christ, you are called to this, to live in what? Peace. Not peace in the sense of, hey, this is a church where we have an absence of conflict. There's a ceasefire. We just agree to all disagree and get along. And we're not going to say much. We're we're not going to have any infighting. Not that kind of peace. Peace is deeper than that. You realize sometimes conflict is good because what does conflict lead to? It leads to resolution. The cross led to resolution. 
The cross led to peace. Peace is not passive. Peace is not easy. But peace is possible in and through Jesus. Paul says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Jesus Christ rule within your hearts. For as members of his body, you were called to live in peace and always, always, always be thankful. There's that gospel of gratitude. Peace is possible. It's not passive, it's not easy, but it's possible. It's possible when Christ rules within your heart. So maybe the question, maybe the question beneath the question, are you at peace, is this. Does the peace that comes from Christ, is that what's living and dwelling and residing within your heart? Paul wants this church, like he wants every church, to experience peace. But he knows that for the church collectively, for us collectively, to experience peace in, within this church, the kind of peace that comes from Christ, the kind of peace that, that creates universal flourishing, wholeness, oneness, unity, love, the kind of peace that makes things the way they're supposed to be, that kind of peace only happens within the church collectively when the members of the church individually have that kind of peace ruling and reigning within their hearts. That's why centuries before Paul ever wrote this letter, you find the prophet Isaiah and he says this, for to us a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called what? I love this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And then church, say this with me, prince of peace. This is who Jesus is. Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the prince of a kind of peace that's not easy. It's not passive, but it's possible. It's possible because some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the fullness of God, decided to be wrapped in human flesh, born in a manger right inside of this little town called Bethlehem. And every year about this time, we remember this story. But this story, it's unlike any other story. And sometimes we minimize the story. We should maximize the story because this is an incredible story about the great love of God revealed in the person of Jesus where the fullness of God came to dwell within the smallness the child. Why? Because above all else, God demonstrates his love for us. While we were sinners, Christ came for us. Christ lived for us. Christ died for us. Christ was resurrected for us. Christ ascended for us. Christ intercedes for us. And now we are, we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Christ is with us and we are with Christ. And our Prince of Peace, he came to reverse everything that went wrong. Our Christ, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he came and everything that sin did, Christ has undone. When the Prince of Peace reigns and rules in your heart, what you experience is your relationship with God. Are you at peace? Are you at peace? I think this is a question I mean, we've got to wrestle with. And I'm not saying that if you step into this truth that it's going to be perfect every day, that you'll have it all figured out, 
But I do believe if you step into this relationship with the Prince of Peace, it can change your life for the rest of your life. Peace, it's not passive, it's not easy, but it is possible when you step into relationship with the Prince of Peace and you allow the Prince of Peace to rule and reign within your heart. And sometimes what that means is you got to push pause. And Christmas gives us this chance. Believe it or not, Christmas gives us this chance to push pause on the busyness of our lives and remember the story and ask the question. Ask the question. Check the engine light on your soul. Check under the hood of your heart and ask the question, where am I running low? Where am I out of alignment? How can I step back into relationship with the Prince of Peace so that the Prince of Peace, so that peace can reign and rule within my heart? When Ellen is caught up in the chaos of the moment, you think that what happens for Ellen in that moment is she is lacking peace because of the chaos around her, right? Her house is packed full of people. They're all family. She loves them all, but she may not like them all. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) They're all there. They're all chirping and complaining. And out of frustration, she says, I don't know what to tell you except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Do you remember what she does next? She takes a match, she lights a cigarette, and she goes to town. (laughs) And we all laugh. Why? Why does she do that? Why do we laugh? Well, she does that because in that moment, she's looking for a moment of escape a moment of relief. And we all laugh because we all get it. We've all done it. That may or may not be your go-to mechanism, right? But we all find ways to self-soothe when we're looking for a moment of peace. And if we get real honest for a moment, it's different for all of us, but it's also the same, right? I mean, like Ellen, you may be looking for a cigarette, but you also may be looking for another glass of It may be binge-watching another show or endless scrolling on social media or shopping, 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 overspending, overeating, overworking, gaming. I mean, the list is long and way too familiar. And all of those things we turn to because we're looking for a moment of escape, but none of them offer what we're looking for, what we're really searching for, which is peace. Ellen thinks if everybody would just leave, if the chaos around me would go away, I could experience peace. But the truth is, the truth is, for her and for you and for me, that the world around you can be full of chaos and you can still have inner peace. You can experience the storms of this life and still allow the Prince of Peace to reign in your heart. And if there's any disquiet within you, if you're lacking peace, the secret, it's an open secret, but it's a secret, is that peace comes, even in the most chaotic moments, to those who allow the mystery of Christ to dwell within them. And this church is the real story.
of Christmas. Not that Christ came once, but that Christ has come to dwell, the Prince of Peace, to rule and reign within our hearts. Church, if you would, let's stand. Of course, the million-dollar question is, how do you do that? And again, it's the same, but it's different for everyone. But I want to encourage you this Christmas. I want to encourage you to, to find a way to open your heart and your life once again to the Prince of Peace. There, there's no shortcuts, truth be told. But when you spend time in prayer, when you open the Word of God, and you read those pages and those red letters, when you lift your hands and you raise your voice in worship, when you invite the Prince of Peace in, into your heart and into your life and into your soul, what you discover within you and what you may discover around you is that all of a sudden things, things begin to be a little bit more like they were always supposed to be. All of a sudden, you experience flourishing within your heart and your soul and your life like maybe you haven't in a long time. And maybe those you care about most begin to experience that too as you share grace and forgiveness with them. What Christmas invites us to do, church, is to allow this wonderful counselor, everlasting father, Prince of Peace, to rule and reign in our hearts. Let's sing.